Coming up on this episode of the Unusable Podcast... Playing and pausing. Cloud storage madness. Stranger danger. (laughs) Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us, and talk about great design that just works, or we moan about it when it doesn't. Hello, Andrew. Howdy doody, David. Uh, do you want to introduce ourselves before we forget? Because that is just something that happens. Let's do that. Let's go for it. Uh, so my name is David. I'm a front-end web developer and app developer. And I am Andrew Waite and I run a software product. Excellent. Very good. So I know you wanted to talk about uh, music today. I was looking at a, a, an article and I got a little bit sidetracked because... Because okay. the guy who wrote the article had a, a weird moustache and it reminded me of those Stranger Danger adverts from the, the 1980s. You know, the public information ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was born in the late 80s, so I never saw Stranger Danger. Well, I was, uh, it just, it was like paid for by the government. It was like, don't talk to strangers. And it, and it showed like pictures of weird, weird men with, uh, with moustaches. What so is it I've, about I've kind of had a phobia of moustaches the whole, my whole life. Why? Why is that? Why is there a connection between having a moustache and being right? The guy who wrote this article, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He's perfectly fine, and I'm sure that he's safe around children. So let's let's move on. <laughs> um, what are you eating there? Look, we've got a podcast to do. Got a little bit of cheesecake. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right, you start anyway. All right. Okay. So I was wondering something. Yeah. And I wonder if you've ever wondered it too. You know, when you have like a music player. So yeah. A music you know, player? Like, well, like a CD player or an MP3 player or mm-hmm. anything. Or even a, even a music playing app on your computer. Okay. What about a tape deck? Yeah, tape deck's fine. Just, just imagine any music player. And the one yeah. thing that you notice across all of those things is that there's a universal set of symbols, aren't there, that mean play, pause, fast yeah. forward, stop, eject... And it, yeah. whether it, like whatever cassette player you get, or whatever CD player you get, or whatever music app on your computer, they're always the same, aren't they? They're always the same set of symbols that we've kind of internationally recognise yeah. what they mean, right? <clears throat> but have you ever yes. thought, like, have you ever actually thought, stopped to think about it and thought, like, wh- where do those even come from? Like, why, why those symbols? Why? So, why is the play button a triangle? Why is the pause? Well, like the, the an play 11? one, the play one, you can kind of guess right it's a pointing forwards triangle it means like let's go let's start right like you, you that's kind of has a little bit of obviousness about it but yeah yeah like it's when you actually think about it yeah but when you think about it like why is a square stop like oh yeah is it just like it's the opposite i don't know and like why is pause two bars well, this is what i wondered anyway so i was trying to do a little bit of research to find out where these universal symbols come from and why we use them Interesting. today so I hope you've got an answer to this. Well, it's actually a little bit disappointing because there is actually no definitive origin, basically. Like, there's a few theories which we can talk about, mm-hmm. but nobody actually knows. So is it the, the first person who made a, a cassette player use these icons and then the second just copied it? Because, well, it's, it's done now. It's an established standard. Well... I think each icon potentially developed separately and then at some point they were collected together. 
Um, yeah. Okay. The the, pl- the play symbol supposedly the earliest known usage of it is is in the sixties when it was on reel to reel tape decks and actually they might have like a play button one way and the other day because it oh, and the other way because it was a a tape deck that would go either way and so the oh, arrow would see, li- yeah. the arrow would literally indicate when you press the play button which direction the tape would go in uh, which which way round it would go. Okay. And then obviously the double triangle for fast forward would mean, you know, twice the speed in that direction. So, I mean... That's just logical, isn't it? That makes sense. That kind of, yeah, that seems seems plausible. Okay. Um, the pause one, again, nobody knows. There's some talk about it being a Japanese character. Right. Which you kind of want to believe, don't you? Because a lot of electronics, especially early electronics, were uh, famously from Japan, right? It was a, at that time, it was a technological... Uh, I don't know, the place where a lot of technology was, was being developed. You know, a lot of big brands yeah. that we know today are Japanese, right? Um, yeah. But apparently the most plausible explanation is that there's a music symbol called, a, I'm going to probably probably murder the pronunciation of this, called a caesura, mm-hmm. which is like two bars and they're slanted over. And it means actually means in music, when you're playing music, it means pause, like a gap in the music, like stop uh, for a second. Right, so okay. Oh, that makes sense. If you, were to, if you were to straighten those lines out, so they're not forward slashes, but vertical bars, yeah. that would basically be a pause symbol. So that's the what seems to be the most likely uh, origins sense. of yeah. pause. Um, I haven't managed to find out about stop symbol. Nobody's given me a good explanation of why the stop symbols are square. All right, okay. Well, maybe if somebody knows, send it to... Unusable at, hang on, what's our email address? Podcast at theunusable.com. Podcast at theunusable.com. Yeah, let us, let us know. If you know the origins of those symbols, let us know. Uh, why Why as well is record always red, not green? You know, green's quite a positive colour and red is quite a, quite a negative colour. Is it, is it can... it's, it's a bit of danger? Well, I'm going to hazard a guess here, and this could be yeah. total, absolute rubbish. Right. Is it the case that early equipment that you would like a tape deck would have like a little indicator light on it and that was probably a little red light because so red lights this recording well yeah because red red leds used to be the only color of led you could get didn't they like or pretty much the only color you could get like right, now you can get okay. blue leds and stuff but yeah i'm just wondering if that's why because equipment had the had the red light on oh wow well what about things like record players and gramophones that came before cassette recorders and things like that? Did they have a pause button? Can you pause a record? You would know this. You've got a record player. Yeah, I do. I've not I've not seen a record player with a pause button on it, I don't think. <clears throat> with mine you can just turn off the power and it'll just go ooh and come to a stop, but it's quite a steady stop. So you but have does this it weird, continue like... to play from that place again though? Yeah, you just turn it back on again and it'll just go and it'll just start start playing again. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but that's not an intentional pause, right? That's just cutting the power so it just stops abruptly. Yeah. And then resuming the power again. Um, do you know what? I don't know. Should we try and look up a picture of a gramophone and see what controls it had? You've got me interested now. So all the ones I'm looking at, I've got like a little wind-up handle on. Yeah. You have to wind it yourself. You have to stand there winding it. What? So just to play the song, you've literally got to... <laughs> so to pause, just stop. Just, just, just stop. stop. Just stop winding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I did actually find out as well. It's not music related, but I did actually find out about the interesting origin of some other symbols as well. Uh, go, go ahead. You know the command symbol on a Mac keyboard. It's like a sort of. It's like a hash, but it's not quite a hash. It's like a. Uh, what would you call it? A square, but all the corners are sort of doubling back on themselves. Right. Yeah. So apparently, it's called. 
The Gorgon Loop. The Gorgon? The Gorgon Loop. And it was originally a symbol used to denote a point of interest in a ca- in a, in a campground in right. Sweden. <laughs> what campground? A campground is in where you go camping? Apparently so, yeah. Right. So apparently, you know, originally, the original person that designed it wanted it to be the Apple logo. And right. famously, or not, well, not famously, but not that apparently famously. There's, there's a story that Jobs, Steve Jobs, mm. hated it. Well, he hated the overuse of the Apple logo. He didn't want there to be logos everywhere. So he he made them come up with something else. Uh, is this when he'd already agreed that the company name was going to be Apple? Yeah, I'm assuming that the command, the invention of the command key on the keyboard came after the company was formed. So, but the, the company's called Apple, but their logo wasn't an Apple. No, it was, the logo was an Apple, but Steve Jobs didn't want... There was already an Apple logo on the back of it. There was an Apple logo there. He didn't want oh, another... Oh, he wanted the Apple logo on the command want, key. He didn't He didn't want... A, no, Steve Jobs did not want another Apple logo on the machine. Oh, right, okay. Like what Windows uh, do with all their... Like a Windows exactly. laptop will have a Windows key. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, the uh, designer had to go and look through other icons and find something, and they settled on a... The floral symbol from Sweden that's used to denote a noteworthy attraction in a campground. Right. You know, I thought that was going to be really interesting. (laughs) But I managed to make it boring. But you managed to make it less interesting. (laughs) Do you have any other symbols, though? Uh, The origins of the Bluetooth symbol. Oh, that was was a Viking. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it's... Harold Bluetooth, wasn't it? It's a combination of two runes that represent his... Yeah, that's his name, yeah. And it's the it's the combination of two runes that represent his initials. So it's like, yeah. Oh, those Vikings. They're always connecting things wirelessly. Uh, what? The Viking... The, oh, yeah, sorry. Miles away. <laughs> Are you going to tell me about your record player? Oh, go on. Well, go on then. Okay. So, yeah, I've just got a new a new record player talking about music. So... One of the limitations of most record players mm. is you can't skip directly to a track that you want to listen to, can you? Like on a on a CD, you can put the CD in and you can just press next, 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 and it'll just play track four or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But I've just bought a record player that lets you do that. So it's a record player that plays vinyl records and you can wow. go, hey, I just want to play track four and it will play track four to you. Blimey. Which is which is like like magic. A record player for the twentieth century. So actually, well, it was made in the eighties. It's a second-hand one. Oh, well, that's, yeah, you, yeah. you can't currently. That's buy not a surprise anymore. to me. But when you first turn it on with the record in it, it's it, it the arm goes across it and it's got a little optical sensor in it and it scans the record and it looks for the because the where there's um, between each track there's like a different coloration on the record, so okay. it's like a darker, a thicker line. So it scans the record, picking up the points where these essentially the gaps between the tracks, and as it does that. There's like a, a numerical keypad on the front of the record player and they light up so it like go as it goes across track one it one lights up. As it goes across track two, track two lights up until it gets across say there's five tracks on the record, it'll go one, two, three, four, five. Right. And then, and then you can just press like, I don't know, four and it'll go directly to track four and play it. Which I thought was really cool. It's quite a clever use of technology for something that do we need it? I mean, by the time that, that even came out, surely we were already on to CDs by then, weren't we? Tapes, Ooh, I CDs. Know. You know, I don't. Do you know, what? I don't know. So, uh, yeah, the, it, it is. Yeah, the it CD is must have been clever. invented, I would think. Yeah, it is clever and 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 very very cool. But 
isn't it kind of redundant in in today's technology? Oh, but you know, you know, there's like a huge scene for vinyl music. People that love listening to vinyls, right? That's that's um, true. And also, I was thinking about of, this, of which the... I'm one of them. All right, okay, fine. Uh... <laughs> proper, I'm a proper hipster. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've noticed that kids seem to really like, like your kids, definitely like the record player, and I assume that it's quite a good thing for for kids to to get them into records because. If they were to get music any other way, like uh, YouTube music or Spotify or, or those sort of things, it's the the amount of music they they can listen to is it's infinite. But also that means haven't you got to be careful what they can find because they could quite easily find something that's got some bad lyrics and whatever. But at least with a record player, you know exactly what they're going to listen to, and you you kind of in control. Do you feel? Do you feel better letting your kids listen to a record? Oh, well, I think my kids are too young, right? I'm, it's never really occurred to me, but they don't really—they don't have access to like Spotify or anything. So, yeah, but that only because yeah. you haven't given them access to Spotify. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I maybe I'm too much of a relaxed parent, but of all the things I could worry about with my kids, giving them access to Spotify and them accidentally stumbling across an Eminem track with a few swear words in it—it's not—it's not really the thing I worry about. No, okay. Is that, well, is, that, is that just me? Am, am I what, a weirdo? What, what if they were a little bit older and they were a bit more impressionable and they start listening to some really hateful, hateful lyrics? What if they're listening to um, uh, Hitler speeches backwards? <laughs> are, they, are, are they available on Spotify? <laughs> Maybe. I don't even know. I don't know. What if... uh... I don't know. Well, if yeah, they start listening to like just... gangster stuff and it's all about shooting people and stuff like that, and they think it's all normal, I don't know. Anyway, that I won't just... happen because just... you're listening to records right now. Yeah. One thing that I don't like about records though is that you know exactly what music there is, and you have to be in the mood to put on that exact track. And I don't like that because I don't, I don't like having to choose what to listen to. I'd rather it just be like up to someone else. That's why I like listening to like the radio or I'll um, I'll put uh, YouTube music on, on random because I don't like actually having the choice. I found that too much of a burden. So I definitely but, prefer somebody to like make that selection for me. Whereas I'm the opposite because I normally find music that's chosen for me. I want to skip it. I get, I get bored easily if I don't like it. Well, you can always so. skip it. YouTube music's got like um, almost oh, yeah, infinite... Yeah, you- uh, yeah, amount of music there so you can just go next one next one but what i mean is that i'd rather choose a, a theme so i'll like but, I'll, I'll listen to i'll, I'll say uh, to my google speaker play some happy music play some dance music play some relaxing music things like that and then i'd rather it choose for me so then i don't have the, the burden of well, i want to say, li- listen to this exact track yes but it usually plays rubbish uh, the, the other thing is, I, I find oh, it often completely subjective, isn't it? <laughs> I, think I, a, often... I think it's done quite a good job of, of figuring out what it is that I like to listen to by now. But I think that you can easily get stuck in a rut with that as well. Like anything like that that recommends me music, or even like a radio station where it's chosen for you from a playlist. I find you just end up listening to the same things. Like, you, you end up listening to the same things over and over. True, yeah, it does end up playing me the same music over and over. Anyway, I'm I'm mentioning this as a little hint to segue on to your next topic, but you haven't uh, got the hint yet. No, I, I I picked it up. Okay, right, carry on. So there's a, a, a YouTube channel that I watch a lot of called Tech Moan, and I must give a shout out to them because the the to, sorry to him I should say 
because the videos they do are, are really good. Um, tech Moan. Tech Moan, yeah. It's a really tech good YouTube moan. channel about Tech Moan. He basically just buys random old audio equipment and computers and things, but mainly audio equipment, and then just like reviews it almost on his channel. So like, you know, there's all sorts of... And it's okay. usually really weird and wonderful. Like he, he... Yeah. But he did an episode on this thing the where Sandi- SanDisk, you know the company that makes like USB disks and memory cards and stuff? Yeah. Um, so they tried to launch a new physical media format for music uh, in like the mid 2000s, I think. Right. So, so you could go into a shop, you know, like you could buy a C- you could buy a CD album, but what you could buy instead was this memory card with all with the album on it in a in a box, uh, and you could take that home and put it into your MP3 player with an SD card slot and listen to the music. So it's an album on a memory stick. <clears throat> oh, hang on a sec. Yeah, a memory no, card or a memory stick? A memory card. So the memory, memory card. card. If, you've got a fo- okay. if you've got a phone with a micro SD card slot, you can just put it straight in. So you can oh. listen to it on your phone. And it was called it was called Slot Music. <laughs> slot Music. Slot me in. Yeah. Well, actually, there's no reason why that's ridiculous. But it seems like that's that completely didn't catch on at all. No. Well, there's a few reasons that they get the Tech Moan Man... Take my man. Take man goes into. Um, so he says that, for example, um, like the quality of the the packaging was really poor. So you end up like just chucking it in the bin. But like half the point, half the point of buying physical media as opposed to streaming media or like paying to download it is that you get the nice artwork, right? That's really tactile and to hold it and to keep it. So that was one thing. Um, the other thing is people, you know, if you're buying an album on a, on a on a little disc, you probably might have a few of those and want to swap your albums. But how tiny is a micro SD card? And you can you imagine being sat on the bus going, oh, I'll just switch from one album to another. And you're just going to like drop it down the seat or something. You'll never find it again. It's just like, too small. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that so, really the problem though? That it's Because it, it, t- memory, as in storage of memory, shrinks all the time, doesn't it? It's, it's got to the point it's where really it's just too small now. Uh, as, in, oh. um, as in when I was a kid... Uh, floppy disks were giant and then b- barely held anything and then you could get CDs that were well kind of the same size but stored loads more and then yeah the first memory stick that I had was quite large and then it just kept shrinking shrinking but somehow also storing more so was this like yeah. one of the really super tiny ones you know like those, yeah, you know, uh, those micro uh, sim cards is it like that yeah you know a micro SD card it's like the little like fingernail size thing a tiny basically. little one that feels like you could just breathe it in yeah, and not notice. Yeah. You could def- you could definitely swallow one without any trouble whatsoever. Without any trouble. <laughs> well, yeah. If you need to get rid of the evidence, how many megabytes eat it. could you consume in one sitting? Well, what's the maximum size of a micro SD? They must be up to like I don't know a terabyte or something now. Let me look it up. How many terabytes can you get in your mouth? Let's have a look. Uh, oh, actually, possibly not that much. Oh. Oh, apparently two two terabytes, but I've never seen a two terabyte one for sale. Fantastic. Yeah, so the the format flopped anyway. Basically, people didn't buy it, as you can imagine. Streaming took off. I mean, who's going and paying yeah. full money for a overpriced SD card with an album preloaded on it? What what year was this? I, I don't know, like mid two thousands ish, maybe. Okay, like, so sort of after the Napster sort of time. Yeah, people I think, people were so I think, used to streaming music uh, like downloading music and getting it that way yeah but one of the surprising things is they got sandisk managed to get buy-in from all the major record labels to release albums on this format 
Oh, really? And so I think it was. I think it was early enough that the record labels were still trying to cling on to this idea, this old business model of let's sell something physical. Yeah, in a shop and actually have units to shift. So I think the record labels were quite keen on it, even though ultimately it was a it was a huge flop. Um, But yeah, they they kind of repurposed the tech and they brought out something instead called slot radio. So. Slot radio? Yeah. So instead this time, you would get the, a, an SD card, um, but you'd have to use one of their special players. It couldn't be just any player because ha- the music on there had DRM. So um, it was protected, but you couldn't just put it into any player. You had to have a special player that could unlock the, the files and play it. What, so not um, not an iPod? Oh God, no, no. Well, an iPod doesn't have an SD card slot anyway, does it? But oh, you couldn't just point. put it into a, you couldn't just put it into a, you couldn't just put it into a phone with an SD card slot or a generic player or even even one of SanDisk's own players with an SD card slot unless it was the particular one that supported this slot radio format. Yeah. Um, and what it would be is it would be a mix of like say a thousand songs. I think it's a thousand songs. Right. And but you weren't able to choose what the thousand songs were. Oh, right. So you can't skip. No, you can skip. Sorry, you can skip. But like, what I mean is, the thousand songs that are on there, you don't get to pick. Right? Oh, right. Okay. Um, and you'd have to put it into the special player, and all you'd be able to choose from would be, say, one of eight playlists on the yeah. on the SD card. So they'd again be pre-configured, and they'd be in a set order. And all you'd be able to do is skip track or pause or play. And you couldn't go back. So if you heard one that you liked, you couldn't rewind and listen to it again and until it came round again in the cycle, if that makes sense. How weird. So this mm. is like the radio that you have no choice, but it's offline. Well, yeah, it's, it's literally called slot radio. So like it, 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 it they were basically it was basically like eight fake radio stations on a on an <laughs> SD card, and you had to have a special player. But I think it had a bit more success because. You could buy one of these on Amazon discounted to like forty pounds and it would yeah. be the player and an SD card and so you'd get a thousand songs. If you if you're the sort of person that wants to go to the gym and you're not bothered about what you're listening to, you just need something, you could buy yeah. one of these um players for forty pounds. It doesn't re- like it's a, that's a sort of price point where someone wouldn't be that bothered if they you know, maybe they've got an expensive iPod but they just want something to go to the gym that they're not as bothered about. Yeah. You, know, you could buy one of these preloaded with music. Yeah, that that would be quite good at the gym actually. Because if I'm at the gym, I I don't really mind what I listen to, but it has to have like a really steady beat. Like if I'm on the running machine, I want to make sure that it has a steady rhythm, so I can run to the to the rhythm. And I've so, chosen a playlist where everything is exactly 150 BPM beats per minute, so that if it changes from one track to another, I don't like have to sort of lose my um, uh, rhythm as I'm running. So if they, if they did a, a, a what do you call it, Sandisk Radio, if they did one of those, a playlist of tracks that are all exactly the same BPM, I, that would be brilliant for the gym. In fact, why is this not a thing? They should bring they, this. Oh, there they, you go. They should bring this back. We should. We, what have we just invented? Like the the gym MP3 player. Yeah, yeah. It's right. a, a a crappy MP3 player that you don't really care about it being jogged around and. And get, get covered in sweat and stuff like that. Preloaded with the right. Preloaded of... with some sort of energetic but mediocre music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe maybe just, maybe you could you make it, maybe you could plug it into your computer and like it would update with some new songs or something. You could like. Oh, but isn't that the whole thing about this that you can't choose? No, that's true. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. 
it's the it's the lack of functionality that's it's good here. So on the topic of music symbols, you know the symbols that you use to play and pause and fast forward. Oh yeah. Um, I was absolutely amazed when I asked my mum to press. I can't remember which one of those it was. Maybe fast forward. And she didn't know. She didn't know which which button it was. Like she doesn't recognise those universal symbols that have been on everything for since the beginning of time. Well, but they haven't been on things since the beginning of time, though, have they? They've been. It, well, if the you've big, avoided th- that technology, then you wouldn't have known those symbols. No, I know. Like it makes sense thinking about it, but it's just easy to forget, isn't it? That people, to some people, that would be alien. Like it's so obvious yeah. to me that it it was shocking to to find someone who didn't know what they what those symbols meant it's just so normal to me it's so obvious but i think that's an important lesson right that not to take things like that for granted even yeah. though even though it's very very widely recognized there will still be some people that don't recognize it yeah that's a that's you a good point that for granted when you talk about iconography absolutely um, talking about icons style icons no. Like me. You are... You're, you're my style icon. Thanks. I'm wearing a new unusable hoodie today. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm wearing the one that you got me from a AWS conference ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> so about icons. So something that I've debated with before in the past, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. So, you know, in a user interface... Right. You could choose to have a button with either just an icon on it... Yeah. An icon and some text, right. or just some text. Right. Now, what is the most? What is what's the right choice there? Is there a rule around what you should pick? Now, I'm thinking about because of what we talked about earlier, a Sony Walkman. I'm pretty sure yep. that the Sony Walkman didn't have the words play, stop, fast forward on it. It had the icons that we have mentioned. Okay, but uh, those icons are they, very widely understood. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably one of the only times that you can confidently use those icons. Uh, but like I said, my, my my mum doesn't know those icons, so... That's a very good point. But at some point, I think you do have to just learn the basics. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> because you you can figure them out. You can figure it out. You just have to play it. You just yeah, have to I press mean, them a few times and then... There is a point, there is a point where it gets... Hang of it. There is a point where it gets ridiculous as well. Like, you know, you say, I don't know the icons. And then you say, well, okay, we'll put the words on. But then, oh, I don't know the English language. So, like, there's a point where, you know... You, you, you have can, to... You, yeah. You can't get around not learning anything, unfortunately. Yes. No, that's um, true. But, but although, saying that, we as uh, designers, developers, UX people need to... We do need to think about making things as as usable and as useful and as simple as possible. So you can't expect that people know exactly what you mean. You have to dumb it down a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so what do you reckon? But uh, Do you want icon and text, do you think, is the best combo? If you're on a website, icon and text, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, text alone is sometimes not that useful uh, without, well, think... without an icon as well. If it's something that you're... Um, if it's something that you're doing every day, and I've, I've got an example of this, on Windows, uh, mm. if you right-click on a file or a folder, mm. um, it comes up with a, a context menu. Is that what you call it? I think that's what you call it. And it has copy, cut, copy, paste, those sort of things. And there's always an icon next to it. 
next to each one. But okay. on a on a Mac, you don't have those icons. So if I was to right click on something, uh, I get the words. So I get uh, open, rename, things like that. But there's no icon there, and it gets me every time when I want to. Um, uh, you know, when you want to compress something to a zip. Yeah. Somet- sometimes it takes me ages to look for the, that that one option. It's there. It's it's always it's right there. It's looking me in right in the whereas, face. Whereas if there was a little zip icon, if there was you'd a zip like icon, recognition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you, your eyes can scan uh, images a lot easier and quicker than text. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I think I think the icons needed for that instant recognition for especially if it's Absolutely. a an, an icon that's widely recognised. You know, mm-hmm. like a settings cog. Like set, most yeah. people understand a cog means settings, so yeah. I think that's yeah. really powerful for that instant recognition. But having the word there means that if someone's not sure, they can, yeah, they Absol- can read that. Hopefully, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Can I tell you about our latest Twitter followers, Andrew? You sure can. Okay, we have Sid. Welcome, Daniel Vidal. Welcome. Graham Fleming. Welcome. Joe Rice-Jones. Welcome. Jonathan Healy. Welcome. And Sean Cronin. Welcome. It's nice to have you with us. It is. Three, two, one. Bad usability Bad nightmare. Bad usability nightmare. So my mum asked me for some help the other day. And uh, what she'd done is she'd taken a photo of something that she wanted to... She wanted to sell it on a Facebook marketplace. And she took this okay. photo like maybe a day a day before and she wants to list it and so she goes to facebook she goes to upload the uh the photo she's looking through the th- through the photos and it's not there and she's like she can't understand why this photo is not there um and then she she goes but it is there and she goes to a photos app google photos this is this is an android phone she uh she goes to the photos app it is there but when she goes to add it to Facebook, it's not there. Now, do you know why that is the case? So this is on a phone? Yeah. It might have been on An a tablet, Android actually. Phone. I can't remember, but it, both okay. Android. Is it because the photo has been backed up to Google Photos in the cloud? Yes. And the picker in the Facebook app is looking at the actual files on the device. Exactly. It's looking for the files on the device, but the the image doesn't exist there anymore because it's been backed up and deleted from the actual phone itself to save on memory. And that's a very clever, a very useful thing. It's great that all these photos are backed up in the cloud. It means that if you lost your phone, you could restore, restore all those photos. They're not lost forever. They're backed up somewhere else in a data center, whatever. But so it means I've, that it's not right there when she wants it. Yeah, I've noticed on Android, and I wonder if there's a couple of different ways. Because I think sometimes when you... Some apps, when you say to you want to pick a photo from your device, seems to use the Google Photos interface. And that does seem to include cloud stuff. And sometimes if you say, I want to upload a photo, you get like a file picker for the device's file system. Yeah, it's and a bit inconsistent include, and annoying, isn't it? So... Yeah, so I don't know if there's some like two if there's like two different pickers that developers can choose from or something, uh, and they've just chosen the wrong one. Yeah, but anyway, for the average user, the, that concept of the file being there but also not there is a bit confusing. And which is uh, which is where I, I think. Wonder if that's a good thing. Well, I think, but I think that would be solvable, right? I think 
it could have been so much better. Like if like the user shouldn't care about the difference between a cloud photo and a photo on their device because That's it, yeah. really the the technology could make that seamless. Yes. Because all you know, all that needed to happen was when you click on a photo in Facebook, it would just go to the Google Photos app and the Google Photos app would go, Hey, I've got these ten photos on the device and these eight hundred in the cloud and I'm just gonna make a picker out of all of them and you can just choose anything and I'll just work out the magic when you tap on it as to whether I need to download it from the cloud or I can just serve it straight up from the, That's from the it, phone. Yeah. Most like, users don't understand all that cleverness going on and they don't care. So the technology but I think, should but, be but built that's around I th- yeah. that. I think, the te- I think they haven't done a good enough job of hiding the magic, uh, hiding the complexity. Yeah. Like, like it should just look really simple and for the user and all that complexity should be hidden underneath. But it isn't. Now, related to that, I use okay. on my... This is a different story now, but it's related. Uh, I use Google Drive backup and sync on my uh, on my laptop. I think that's yeah. what it's called. Um, so what that does, it's an application that sits on your laptop and it, it makes certain directories uh, backed up in the cloud. So things that you are storing in your Google Drive uh, yeah. directory, whatever, they are also there on your computer. Now, previously, okay. they, they've changed how, how it works. Previously, those files were always physically there on your computer, um, but then but they would get backed up whenever they're edited or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they've changed it recently so that the files aren't actually on your computer. They're all they're backed up and then they're there when you need them. Similar to the example of my mum's phone where these where the photo's not right. actually there on the on the computer. And okay. that's fine. That's it what they've done is a great thing because it means that my laptop now has got loads more space because I don't have to actually store those files. They're kind of I think they call it that streamed. So if I need access to any of those folders, I can click on a folder, I go into that folder, click on another folder, go into that folder find some files and see loads of files, but those files aren't actually there on my computer. They're just available, downloaded off from the internet straight yeah. away when, as, uh, and when you want them. as and when I want them. I mean, it does mean that if I've got no internet, I can't access those files, but... Uh, of course. Yeah. But how often does that happen? Well, I mean, it does sometimes, but, um, but th- there are some applications that can handle this fine, but some that can't. Like I was editing a video in Premiere and saving the, the project in this directory so that it wasn't actually physically on my computer. But Audacity, which is what we use for um, recording our, our podcasts, cannot handle this at all. So I save a project into one of those directories that is backed up on the cloud and Audacity just goes, oh, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. The files aren't even there. Where are they? And then just like deletes itself. It's just ridiculous. There, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that sounds like a really so similar it's, thing. It's a bit it? more complicated. Yeah, I'm guessing that because I'm guessing that Audacity is using some sort of file picker that it just doesn't handle that. Yeah, just doesn't understand that the files aren't actually there on the computer and it has to find them on the cloud yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So you know, music symbols like the play, the pause, record. Eject, fast forward. I think you've mentioned stuff. them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that they're actually, they're, actually an, they're covered by an ISO standard? What, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. So ISO standard 7000, I think. Oh, it's always exciting when you start quoting ISO numbers to me. 
<laughs> That's the mark of a good podcast, isn't it? What's your, what's your so, favourite date format again? Oh, uh, <laughs> hold on, I've forgotten. Why, you put me on the spot now. Oh, come because on. I, you you I, always I, used to be like, oh, I, my favourite is ISO whatever, 90 whatever it is. It's 8601. 8601, right, great. ISO 8601 is, the date form, is a date format where everything's in descending... So unlike our American friends with their silly silly put, date formats in the well it's not it's not in order is it no it's, it's just not. stupid like it, it's middle unit small unit large unit it just doesn't so iso you know, is year month dates is that right uh, oh, yeah, yeah and then the time and then the time in our minute seconds yeah okay basically yeah but it means that it's actually sortable you know if you're to sort it it by um alpha it's human readable you can sort it alphabetically and the dates will be sorted in date order yeah it's quite clever it's quite a good good format right i i distracted anyway, you by talking yeah, about one well, iso standard and you're going to tell me about another so iso 7000 <laughs> which i've now yeah. lost the link about is oh yeah is graphical symbols for use on equipment and that includes play pause uh reverse stop Fast backwards, fast forwards, skip track, forwards, skip track backwards, record, eject, shuffle, repeat, info. There's quite a few symbols that this ISO standard defines. Oh, okay. So presumably to make sure that they're consistent on, on everything, mm, basically. Okay. I always find it quite funny that whenever you're looking at your music app, if you see the pause button, it means it's playing. But if you see the play button, as in the play icon, that means it's paused. Oh, this always winds me up. So I don't know if you ever had this. So my my broadband is is not brilliant where I live. Right. Okay. So sometimes I try and watch a streaming video. And maybe it's not working, and it'll have like a pause icon on the screen, and I'm not sure whether that means that it's been paused by me, or that it's playing and that pressing the button will make it pause. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so because I then you have press to sometimes it, but... press the pause button to make it play. Press that right? Button to make it play. Well, so on my TV, it's got like an on-screen user interface that you control with the remote control. Yeah. Right? So when a, when something's highlighted on the screen with the remote control, you can press the like the select button and that's going to do whatever the action is that's highlighted on screen, right? Okay. So when you're playing a video, there might, there's a big symbol in the middle. Yeah. Or that then fades out after a few seconds of watching. But if you like pick up the remote and press a bu- any button, it'll come back so that there's a symbol on the screen, right? Now... When it's a play icon, does that mean that it's playing? Or does it mean that if I press the button, it'll start playing? And when there's a pause icon, does that mean it's paused? Or if I press the button, it will pause? And I'm never mm. sure which. In when, when it's not working right, I'm never sure which way which one is which. Depends if it is a button or just an indication of what's, hap- what's currently happening. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Like, is that a, an indicator of the current state or is it uh is it saying what the future state will be if i press the go k button this is far too complicated for for my brain i think we should end the podcast yeah anyway that is the end of the podcast if you've seen or used something unusable recently we want to hear about it you can email us at podcast at theunusable.com and we're on Twitter at Unusable Podcast. If you've enjoyed this, there's plenty more. The last episode we talked about wireframing. And on YouTube, we've got a video called What If Your Shower Was a Website? 
Uh, we also have unusable t-shirts and hoodies available to buy on the website, uh, which is podcast.theunusable.com. Music is by Gold5472. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast so you'll get a notification about the next one. And that's it until next time. Goodbye. Bye.